0: Hey, this is Cortland Sutton. Hey, this is Tim Patrick, and you're listening to The Snap Snap with Sidney Jones on Broncos Podcast Network. Yeah!
1: What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back to the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube for the latest episode of The Snap. As always, I'm your host, Sidney Jones, and the Broncos are on the road again this weekend and will look to grab their first win of the season as they're set to face the Chicago Bears on Sunday. So joining me for this week's episode of The Snap is Fox Sports NFC North reporter Carmen Vitale. Carmen, thanks for Joining the show today. Thanks so much for having me, Sid. I'm
0: excited to be here.
1: Excited to have you. How are you doing?
0: How are things going? Good. Um, all all things considered, I get to cover an entire division, so I get to take the good with the bad, and right. it happens to be that the Bears are kind of <laughs> on the bad end of things right now. Uh, so it's it's hectic in Chicagoland right now, and and there's desperation permeating throughout the city. But I think that's probably. Uh, that's probably, it was probably a similar sentiment there in Denver. Week four is quickly
1: approaching here, so let's dive into this matchup. I know both teams are heading into Sunday's game winless. You know, both teams are coming off pretty tough losses the past week. So I guess what just intrigues you about this
0: matchup? It's going to be who wants it more, who's more desperate at this point. I mean, it's not a sexy storyline by any stretch of the imagination, but both of these fan bases are desperate for a win and i think that from the broncos perspective losing the way they did last week to the dolphins i mean that was the talk of the nfl but the bears lost not quite as badly but in the same way that maybe the score didn't reflect that they nothing went right there was no glimmer of hope there was nothing that you could kind of latch onto and say okay this is good let's build off of this that hasn't existed in chicago for the first 3 weeks of the season and so i think that that's what bears fans need to see that's what the bears coaching staff and players need to see is just something to go right um and i don't i don't know if that's the sentiment necessarily in denver but uh i know both of these teams are desperate and so you're going to see whose desperation wins out
1: well i know it seems like injuries have kind of been mounting up there for the bears specifically in the secondary so how do you think russell wilson and company will fare going up against this bears defense
0: I think this is a get, get right game for Russell Wilson. I think, you know, he's a guy, he's a very smart quarterback. He knows exactly what he's looking at. He's been in this league forever. There's nothing he hasn't seen. So I think he's going to be able to take advantage of some of these miscues and missteps and miscommunications that we're seeing from the Bears defense. And quite frankly, that's inexcusable when you have a defensive head coach who is now calling the plays. the Bears D.C. Allen Williams resigned uh, just last week, and now this is Eberflus's defense. It was before, but it is now, and he's calling these plays. Mm-hmm. So you need to figure out – I think their coverage is just really stressed because they're not getting any pressure up front whatsoever, that front four. And right. Matt Iberflus came out today and said, we're, we're, we, we need to get pressure with four. We're going to still keep sending four. And I think I thought that was a little weird coming from a defensive coordinator to admit – to the fact that he's not probably going to blitz a lot. Of course, we know the blitzing doesn't necessarily mean pressure. You can get pressure with four. I'm just not sure the bears have those guys. So I think that Russell Wilson is going to have time in the pocket. And I think he's going to be able to pick apart this defensive secondary, which like you mentioned has injuries and also just has a ton of miscommunication and miscues along the way. looking
1: on at the weapons on both teams here. What do you think will really be the matchup to watch this weekend?
0: I think a lot of it has to do with the trenches. I mean, that's kind of my calling card as a person, as a, as a reporter, as a journalist. Um, I pay special attention to both sides of the line of scrimmage just because I feel like everything starts and ends there. Right. And like I said, the Bears are struggling to get pressure, and if they and that's a that's a good offensive line that Russell Wilson has. I think it's a little bit underrated. Um, and it's, they haven't played up necessarily either to, I think their potential. So if they can protect him, uh, against an anemic pass rush that the bears have, I think they're going to be really, they're going to be better off. And then consequently, The Bears offensive line has also been riddled with injury that's been shuffling despite the fact they thought they were going to come into this season with some continuity injuries prevented that and they're still trying to figure things out and protect fields I think that they're doing a better job protecting him uh, than most people think. I think a lot of it is Fields kind of not trusting it, bailing out when he doesn't necessarily need to, not seeing guys get open down the field half the time. I think they're running the wrong routes. Um, but if that that Denver defensive front can get to them, um, that's going to be it's going to make Justin Fields' day really hard.
1: Last one about the matchup here for you, Carmen. You know, I know here in Denver, head coach Sean Payton, he's talked a lot this week about improving the attention to details at practice, and that. Really, you can't ignore these losses, but you still have to pick yourself up. You still have to get ready for the next week. So what's just been the message over there in Chicago? What's the focus for this Bears team as they head into this week?
0: It's much of the same. Matty yeah. Bacluse keeps stressing the details, and he, uh, he he was talking about microing it down to each individual player and making mm-hmm. sure that each individual player knows what they're supposed to be doing and, and make sure they're paying special attention to the details. Matty Rikluse also said that he believes the Bears are close and that's what he's seeing. I don't know if that's optimism. Uh, I don't know if that's, you know, trying to instill belief uh, in a locker room that is being tested incredibly so uh, right now. So I think that it comes down to a communication, attention to detail. That's kind of all the things that these guys are stressing um, and just continuing to believe in one another because that's what they have to fall back on through this incredible adversity that the Bears are seeing. Right.
1: Well, Carmen, as many of my listeners know here on the snap, one of my main goals is to highlight women's impact in and around the NFL. So I want to switch gears for the last few minutes of this episode here.
0: You know, just to start, what is your role with Fox Sports really entail? Uh, it entails kind of having a pulse on four different teams. I, I cover the entire division in the NFC North. I'm lucky enough to have grown up in that division, although it was the NFC Central when I was growing up. <laughs> uh, I grew up outside Chicago, grew up a Bears fan. Uh, these were the teams that I paid special attention to my entire life. So I had the benefit of that, but it's it's pretty difficult to try and be in four places at once. Obviously, that's not sure. uh, something that's physically possible. work. <laughs> um, but it entails a lot of travel and it just entails a lot of uh, talk about attention to detail. You know, listening back to all of these press conferences, I, I watched the, as, as soon as I can get my hands on the all 22 of these games, I, that's kind of what I'm watching for. I'm watching these games multiple times every week, um, trying to get a feel for what happened in each of them and, and what the storylines are. Uh, when it comes to all these teams. But most importantly, I think it's also about the relationships that I've built within each market and each city, um, whether that's within the team itself on co- coaches and players, or even if it's media members that are there every day, uh, I lean a lot on other people. And I'm really grateful to have the relationships that I do because I wouldn't be able to do my job without them.
1: Now, this is your second year with Fox Sports, right? It is. So what did you, kind of your path look
0: like to get, land this role here? I actually wanted to be a sports writer starting at the age of nine. Wow, um, that's early was, on. Was, <laughs> I've been very singularly focused my entire life. Um, amazing. No, I was watching. My dad grew up a, in Philadelphia, so he's a, him and his family are huge oh, wow. Eagles fans. Like, so if you've ever seen Silver Linings Playbook, that's yes. Them. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> um,
0: to a T. And so I remember watching games with my dad and my uncles and my cousins, and noticing people on the sidelines that weren't players or coaches, and asking him. You know who are those people? And my dad told me, you know, there's you can do a ton of things for a team. And at that point, I had already been interested in writing as a child. And he said, you can write stories about your favorite football team. And I was like, oh, really? So that's what I decided I wanted to do. Is I wanted to write stories about my favorite football team. And that took me um, after college. I went to journalism school. I did my masters at Northwestern. And then I, it took me to the Buccaneers, where I did what you did, what you do, a little more emphasis on writing. But I was the staff writer and team reporter for the Buccaneers for six years, um, and that really kind of gave me the foundation for the relationships I started to build and and how to really approach covering a team because it's different when you're when you're on a team side. Uh, you get the benefit of really being in it with the guys, and that's a Experience that I will always treasure, and it's something I try to take with me because it helped me see the human aspect of all of this. Um, and so, from there, I I ended up going to the Draft Network very briefly, and was as a nat, trying to get my foot into the door into the, kind of a national role. And from there, actually, Fox Sports poached me. Um, they, they they reached out to me, and they had they were forming this new staff of division writers and asked me if I'd be interested. And uh, it was a chance to like I said, go home and cover the teams that I grew up watching. So it's it's been a, an absolutely crazy ride, but uh, I really enjoy, again, the relationship aspect of it. I don't think that's something that I realized at nine years old um, right. was such a wonderful thing about this job, but Definitely. that's what I enjoy the most. I love getting to know players and coaches and people around this industry. I think mm-hmm. they all have just really interesting stories to tell and I want to tell them.
1: You know, you mentioned you were with the Bucks for six years. So what was that kind of transition like from, you know, a team to a network?
0: Yeah, it's been I'm still kind of navigating it, quite honestly, because um, I'm now in a situation where I'm not able to be at these teams all the time. So Mm -hmm. I've gone from one extreme to another. I think I took for granted the fact that being part of a team means that people inherently trust you. Um, And you get these relationships kind of without having to try because you're around all the time. I mean, I, I can't tell you enough what Bruce Arians and his staff did for me as far as bring me into the fold. I was at every single practice for the entirety of practice, despite Uh the fact that you can't report on most of practice. um, It was just about being there and learning and making sure that I understood what they were trying to do because I wanted to be able to honestly to protect them in a lot of ways. And when I would hear people talk about what went wrong or whatever, it was easy for me to be like, "I, I, I, I know that you think that corner got beat, but guess what? He was try to pass off to the safety over top of him. The safety wasn't there. And it, it kind of explaining how these things can break down, I think, protects guys um, from some criticism. And so not having that trust uh, going to covering four different teams where I can't be there all the time. I mean, some a lot of these guys don't know my face and a lot of these guys don't know, you know, my background, especially and and how much I understand their point of view. Um so that's been a challenge but it's been really great to again broaden my network and um I'm still trying to figure out exactly the best way to do it. I'm trying to figure out <laughs> how not to get four fan bases to hate me all the time. <laughs> I try to stay positive about every single team um unless it's not warranted because I think I've been probably pretty right. critical of the Bears but <laughs> but it's 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 funny because I'll say something nice about one team and then the other three teams fans come at me and I'm like ah, oh my gosh.
1: It's <laughs> Just trying to do my job. <laughs> Only so much you can do there.
0: Yeah, I know. So I'm, I'm just, you know, you, you learn to have a really thick skin in this industry and, and not take to heart what people say sure. on Twitter behind a screen.
1: <laughs> Seriously. Last, last, but certainly not least here, Carmen, you know, I just like to finish off these episodes by inspiring the younger generation. So what's the biggest piece of advice that you'd give or that you've received for, you know, someone looking to make the next step in their career?
0: Yeah, I always struggle with this question. For as many times as I'm sure you've gotten asked it, I've gotten asked it. I just I never have a great answer. And I (laughs) I remember looking for that job and looking for that break and just wanting a roadmap and someone to tell me, you know, do do this and this will happen. And that just unfortunately that's not the reality of the industry and that's not something anybody wants to hear. But the flip side of that is you kind of get to make your own way and and there's not a wrong way to do this. And so I think. Saying yes to absolutely everything that you can, uh, it's something that I still take with me now. It's probably why I'm so hectic and busy and traveling and whatever is <laughs> right. because I can't say no. Um, but it opens, even if the opportunity doesn't seem like it's what you want it to be or where it's, you know, that it's going to get you to where you want to go, you honestly just never know. You can, you can make a friend, you could make a connection at that, that leads you somewhere else. All of my jobs have come because I knew someone. Um, and so I just think saying yes to everything that you possibly can is probably the best piece of advice because there isn't a roadmap to, to this industry at all, unfortunately
1: no that's great advice you said you never know what to say i love that (laughs) well carmen i truly can't thank you enough for taking the time today and to be on this podcast
0: with me all right thank you so much for thinking of me and for having me anytime Sid, and good luck this weekend
1: well that'll do it for today's episode of the snap broncos country thanks so much for tuning in and thank you again to carmen for joining the show meet you right back here on the broncos podcast network and youtube next week for another episode